Hello, and welcome to the intersection of Crystal R. Emery. Crystal is a member of the Producers Guild of America, an American Association for the Advancement of Science, if then ambassador, and a member of New York Women in Film and Television. Crystal is CEO and founder of You Are You the Right to Be Inc., and she is a badass. Today's topic is I am tired of being black. I think it should be. I'm annoyed with being black. Here is Crystal Renee Emery. You know what? I'm tired of being black. And Eugene, do you ever get tired of being Asian? Now Ted's in the studio with us. Ted, do you ever get tired of being white? That's a hell no. Let me just tell you guys right now. You know what? Stop gasping. Yes, I said it. I'm tired of being black. I bet you Obama is tired of being black. Do you know my white friends... They never get tired of being white, right? My rich friends, they never get tired of being rich. I'm sure that they don't recognize the privilege that comes with their skin tone. How many times each day does my friend Pat remember that she's white? Now, being African-American, I may not be thinking about the fact that I'm black, but you better believe that when I'm out in public, there is some asshole who has determined that his day will be made by making sure I know that I am black, that I am inferior, and you know what? I'm just pissed off, and I'm tired of being black. So I may not be thinking about the fact that I'm black, but you better believe that when I am out in public, it is some asshole's goal of the day to remind me that I'm black, I'm poor, I'm inferior. There have been several times in my life that I've been brutally reminded of my skin color after having forgotten about it. The most recent was two years ago when I was in the hospital. A nurse was treating me disrespectfully without provocation. And I kept asking myself crazy questions like, wondering if my illness was playing with my memory, or did I throw up on her, or did the blood that shot out the IV get on her clothes? It was only later when I heard her outside the room talking to another nurse about those black people that I understood I had done nothing to merit the demeaning treatment from the nurse in charge of my care other than apparently unforgivable offense of being born with dark skin. Hell, it made me so mad that I decided to get better just so I could write a letter to the CEO about her behavior. I really wish I knew how it felt to be free. A friend of mine, a colleague, a highly respected researcher who does work around disparities in healthcare, was recently denied a grant, supposedly because she had not presented a strong enough case for the prevalence of racism among physicians nor supplied a qualifiable means to chart it. Can there actually be someone in America who believes that racism does not exist in health care? This person must have no television, no radio, no newspapers. Here are the hard questions. Was she turned down because she's a black physician? Since she's at the top of the research game and her credentials 
are impeccable? Or is it the subject matter? Can we truly not come to grips with the fact that hospitals and physicians constantly contradict the Hippocratic Oath? Or is it the hypocritical oath? Or is it the lying oath? Whatever it is. I'm invited to many disparity conferences and meetings. Many times, I'm the only brown person there. If I disagree with a statistic or speaker's point of view on how best to solve this disparity issue, I automatically become the spokesperson for black people. I am attacked when I point out contradictions. I once spoke to a predominantly white audience, a church. Now, predominantly white is funny because of the few hundred in attendance, there were only five people of color, and two of them were not American. I asked the congregation, why were they there that day? Were they there to find out how they could be part of effective change, or were they just there for show? I asked the people at the congregation, were they serious, or was this another form of intellectual masturbation? You would have thought I asked them to take their clothes off and run around the room naked. As the audience proceeded to direct remarks to me about people of color, no one intervened on my behalf, not even the people that invited me. One lady actually said, I'm tired of hearing you people complain. I wish I knew what it felt like to be free. Now, let's talk about these conferences some more, right? I call these conferences the one and only club because every now and then there's another black person who really exacerbates the problem. I'm sick of being in a room in which there's only one other person of color and they're afraid to look at me because I'm black or maybe I'm too black. So I look across the room and I give them that, hey, and then they turn away, and they just leave you, like, hanging in the air. What's the problem? Hell, I give everybody a smile in the room, but how come I can't get the other person of color in the one and only club to smile back with me? And then there's a thing, and somebody reads my bio, and they say, oh, you grew up in a housing project. Yeah, you know, it was so difficult, probably with having a, single parent. Nowhere in my bio says that I had a single parent. I had a mother and a father, and although they were divorced, my father was an active part of my life. But people don't see that. They see you as a statistic. They see you as a black statistic. And those statistics never say anything positive. And so, I'm just tired tired of all this crap based on some identification. Race is not real. Race is a social construct. You know, history, white people's history, tell us that man was discovered in Central Africa, which actually makes everybody black. Be careful, listener, because you might want to go research that and discover that you, the privileged white male, are actually black. Anyway, 
Do I sound like I'm tired, angry, and a bit pissed off? Hear me loud and clear. I am. I'm tired of going to Washington. I'm tired of speaking on the Hill. I think there's a disconnect between policymakers and their constituents. You mean the public that they profess to care about. Sometimes I think, well, maybe I'm getting older or maybe I'm getting more naive. I don't know. It's amazing to me that any person of color survives a system that is so dysfunctional, that offers them no voice, that actively minimizes whatever their impact might have. It's no wonder that many people of color who are involved in disparities conversation just really say, I'm tired, I've had enough. You know, at this point, people are so discouraged. They have no desire to participate because they think that it won't make a difference. For me, though, if I didn't think I could make a difference, I would feel complicit in that system. I would feel as though I was enabling the dispirited treatment towards six people of color to continue to happen. I just can't do that. I won't do that. I tell people that we all must stand up and fight. If it's not good enough for mine, then it's not good enough for anybody else. That's the standard for me. It's really that simple. What is exciting about the work that I do and the films that I make, and particularly The Deadliest Disease in America and its accompanying workshops, is that it gives voice to individuals who were never given the opportunity to speak before. Have you ever noticed that most policymakers, do-gooders, and other decision makers never actually converse with the people they're supposed to be representing or helping? One of the young black men featured in my film was so excited to participate in this project. He said to me, no one had ever asked him for his opinion or listened to what he thought before. That is why it is so important that we must be the drivers of our narrative, that we must create images and films and, and anything that represents us from our very authentic self. I'm tired of identifying people by race. That white person, that Puerto Rican, that Mexican, that Asian, that black person, most of all, I'm just tired of being considered black. I'm tired of speaking about racism. I'm tired of a world where, which automatically makes the assumption based on people's skin tone. I would like to live in a world which I was not black or female or handicapped, just a human being, just a child of God. I wish I knew how it felt to be free. I do not look in the mirror and see a black woman in a wheelchair. When I think about my attributes, when I look at myself in the mirror, I do so with an appreciation for the wisdom of God that guides me, the love of God that inspires me, and the life of God that lives within me. I may be tired of being black sometimes, but I'm not tired of living. How do you live your life? What are you tired of? Namaskar. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Intersection of Crystal R. Emery. 
Subscribe if you like today's episode and want to receive notifications when new episodes are available. New episodes will be available every Monday and Thursday. If you would like to learn more about or support Crystal's work, please visit youareyoutherighttobe.org. You can also follow Crystal on Twitter at Crystal R. Emery or at Changing Stem. Music is provided by Jay Hogard featuring I Am Free from his album Harlem Hieroglyphics. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Namaskar.